Baruch listeners, uh, viewers, I should say now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I'm still used to just doing the audio-only podcasts. Uh, I'm looking at a monitor with myself on it, and I still forget we're recording this, you know, visually. So I, I'm a man of habit, you know. I've, well, to be fair, we had almost 100 podcasts without the video. So That's true. You know, we, we did develop the habit of <laughs> listeners. Yes. <laughs> so I might just stick with that uh, till we're done. You know? but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, as always, I'm Scott. And I'm Brad. And this is not about us. So anyway, uh, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, whether you're listening, whether you're watching, doesn't matter. We're glad you're here. And I have not kept track of any numbers lately. Is there anyone we should say especially hi to? Ireland. Ireland. Uh, I, oh. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Ireland, I saw you were on the page. I think you were looking for new stuff. I'm sorry. I will get on it shortly. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Love you, Ireland. You're constantly... <laughs> Like the number one person getting on there. So we do appreciate that. All right. So uh, before we get started any further, uh, let's also thank the the reason we're here. So, absolutely. Brad, if you could uh, please just invite Yahweh in to do his thing today. Oh, absolutely. Yahweh, Yeshua, Spirit, as always, as always, we cannot do this without you. Yes. We, yes. we are nothing without you. You are the everything. You are what matters most. So please help us, help guide us to that truth. Help guide us in a way that we are presenting you and not us, because it is only about you. Mm -hmm. Yahweh, so many things right now going on in the world. I, I don't know how anyone could not look at this and realize that your prophecy, your story, it is, it's happening and it's unfolding right in front of our eyes. Help us, help us get that out there too. So people know and they, and they can see you in the way that you're working and, and the truth of who you are and your story. And, and right now, right here in Genesis, the truth of our origins, our, our initial relationship with you. Yeah. And yeah. how that continuing relationship has been going on even since that time. And how you want us, you love us. Lord, we love you. We want you. Thank God it's podcast day. Yes. Thank Amen. You. Thank you, Yahweh. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yahweh, I hope I hope this is all all yours. And uh, as always, anything that comes from me, I hope it just dies. Uh, so uh, let's jump in. Uh, I think we just looked and said this is number 34 for 30. Genesis. Yep. Um, one of the things I kind of wanted to start with was I, I was talking with someone else today uh, about just the fact, you know, just, just meditating on God's Word and how the Bible says it's important to meditate day and night. And we've gone a little over a year with these recordings. Now, when we started, we were at about a once a week pace uh, for much of it. Now we're pretty much kind of kind of leveled off of the one uh, one recording every two week uh, pace kind of at the moment, 
So uh, that gives us a lot of time to just really dig in. And it's happened to me several times and it happened to me again this time. And I just want to point it out. Uh, when I initially, I'm going to do Genesis 6, 9, and 10. Uh, and initially what I do is I, I just kind of throw a few verses out there, kind of dig a little bit, see where it's going, see, see what's going on. Sometimes I go, I, I'm not really getting anything or I'm not getting much or I want to expand to the next ver few verses and I add. As you've seen in my podcast, sometimes I do one verse. Sometimes I do five or six. It just depends on how it's flowing, maybe uh, how verses are connected. I want to keep certain themes together. But this was one. I was like, I, I kind of did a few things, researched, and I was like, oh, this is going to be super short. Maybe I should add some verses. And I was, as I was going over it for uh, that two-week period, things just kept blossoming. Things just kept growing. And so in, in a little over a year, you know, I've made it to Genesis, the, the middle of Genesis 6. So at that pace, you know, uh, it's going to take us about five years just to finish Genesis. And it, it's actually pretty cool, you know, because like I said, I don't know how many times that I've, I've said, okay, I'm done. And now I kind of go back and I rehearse it for the podcast. I say, okay, this is going to be the presentation. And as I'm doing that, I'm like, wait, there's something else. Oh my goodness, there's something else I missed. <laughs> and I start to dig further into that and it just keeps growing and growing. And this isn't going to be super huge, but I just wanted to encourage you with that. Uh, just meditate on the word day and night. It keeps growing. It keeps growing. It keeps growing. Uh, I before we started doing these Hebrew studies and things like that, I was memorizing scripture and coming up with the same thing. Because when, at least for me, when I memorize it, I don't have, some people can just hear something, they got it, and they're moving forward. It takes me repetition and repetition. Yeah. And I would walk and I would pace and, and I would just do the same thing over and over. And, and I'd finish and I'd go back and start over, do the same thing. And it'd be like the 150th time you're doing it and you'd stop and you'd go, oh my goodness, there, there's something else there I wasn't seeing before. Right. So yeah, you've done it too. With, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I keep joking that um, Christ will return before, you know, long <laughs> before we have, would have gotten this done. Yes. But that's okay because uh, someone mentioned to me, or I heard it in a video recently, just, you know, uh, when Jesus does return, what do you want to be doing? And, and that was more of a, it was more of a, like, um, just a self-conviction kind of thing. Like, do you want to be doing something not good or do you want to be? And so I keep thinking about that. You know, even, even if, even if I never even make it to Revelation chapter two, you know, but I'm, I'm, that's but my spirit and my heart. And that's where, that's where my focus is. When he does return, that's got to be so much better than doing any of the other many terrible things I could be doing with oh, my yeah. life. You know? So, yeah, we we, uh, we might actually see Christ return before we get some of this stuff done. But <laughs> Which I'm cool with that. I don't think that's a bad thing. And how much, how much, how much greater would it be to uh, to be, you know, kind of in the middle of a study and then he's like, let me finish it with you. Like, yeah. you know, just... <laughs> like, how awesome would that be? But... Yeah, I, oh, I can't, I can't wait. I look forward to the day where we're standing, I'm standing before Jesus and he goes, 
You want to know what you missed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, anyway, let's jump in. Uh, Genesis 6, 9 through 10. These are the generations of Noah. Uh, Noah, to most English speakers. And again, as I've said before, I am really sorry if I'm slaughtering the Hebrew. Uh, please forgive me. I'm not fluent. I'm trying my best. Uh, Noah was in his generations a man righteous and wholehearted. Noah walked with Elohim. And Noah begot three sons, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, in uh, the English, but uh, Hebrew it's uh, Shem, Kam, and Yephet. Now, there's several things about this. Again, it kept growing and growing, things kept popping out. But the first thing that struck me about this, now, and, and as I've said before, I'm reading from the Hebraic Roots Version, but I also reference others. King James and Bible Hub are, are good for me to check out. And Bible Hub does a really cool thing with me, it is it gives you the actual Hebrew and then, and off to the side, it says, here's the English translation of just this piece of Hebrew, uh, which I really appreciate. So you can see the Hebrew as it's going. And for those of you who don't know, the original Hebrew had no punctuation and no spacing. It just keeps writing and writing and writing. So in the English, we have these are the generations of Noach, period. Noach was in his generations, etc., etc. In the original Hebrew, Noah is just repeated. And it's just a little thing, but to me, again, I went back to when God repeats himself, pay attention. Yeah. And even though you can say, well, does it really count, you know, because is intended to be a separate sentence and all that, but that is just what spoke to me. It's just what I saw. These are the genera generations of Noah, Noah. Uh, is you can read it that way, how it's written in the original Hebrew. And you are supposed to glean, you know, what, you know, what word is intended to be used and, and where sentences sort of stop and the context of sentences, uh, uh, just, just from the context of what it's saying. But, but it literally says, these are the generations of Noah, Noah. And so I thought, I just kind of, I don't really have anything huge to go off on that, but it's there. It repeats itself. Is that like a, a point of saying, hey, pay attention right here right. To, to this particular man at this particular moment? Now, I said I don't have a huge thing about that. I, I do have something that, that, that might be connected there that kept me, and we'll get to that, sorry. <laughs> but. It was just a small thing I saw right off the bat. so Yeah, I get that. I'm also wondering, I've never really thought about this before. I, I've, I, I've also believed that if the Bible says repeats a, a something or a theme or something like that, it's important. I guess I've never really thought even just a name. A name, like mm -hmm. how many times a name is spoken in the Bible, could that even have some sort of, of course it does. Well, yeah. You know, it would have some sort of also extra meaning and whatnot. So it makes me wonder... How many times is Noah mentioned in the Bible, and does what what what, what would that mean? You know, mm -hmm. just one of those additional things. I actually, that... have that number. Ah, I, re 
But last time I said that Noah in, um, in Genesis is spoken 40 times. Exactly. Right. There's, uh, there's a greater number that's spoken of through the entire Bible. I, I checked that out too to see if I could pull anything else out. But that, that number 40 in Genesis just jumped out at me. That's why I mentioned it last time. Um, but And I'd have to go back to look up what they are and well and it's probably total, but it's probably one of those things too jesus mentions him two three times and that could have a reason exactly and yeah. you know he's mentioned the whole bible this time many times and that has yeah. a reason i mean there's just so much depth there but now something that jumped out at me right here is the word generations these are the generations of noah noah was in his generations a man righteous and wholehearted generations i mean i don't know about you brad but this speaks to me of a massive time period or, or at least when you think of human generations you know grandfather to 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 father to son and you know and so on they're at least generations plural there's there's many right many in the lineage and and um so i wondered why my, my initial thought was why is generations being used here when we end with, and Noah begot three sons, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sorry, I'm just going to use the English pronunciations. Uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And that's it. At this point, it doesn't go on and give any any greater lineage. So why does it use the word generations? Yeah. That was my first thought. Yeah, and I guess I've always had it wrong. I thought he was in his generation. So I was, I, I was thinking just his generation of people he was you know pure but i think you're onto something with that okay. honestly no because that's where i started to wonder does this mean shem ham and japheth or is there something else to it right was i on the wrong track and that's why i think i think you're right i think it felt funny to me because that's where i immediately went and it didn't seem to fit and the more i looked at this i went wait a second is it referring to something other than his lineage, right? And and I think I think you're 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 right on right there. Now, I did go back and look up other uses of generations to see if it could give me uh, any advice. And Genesis five one says, "This is the book of the generations generations of Adam." And then for the rest of Genesis five, it gives the generations. Right. So generations comes first. This, this statement, these are the generations of Adam, comes first. Then underneath that, it just, here and, and here it is. Here's uh, Adam begat Shaith, begat, and so on and so on and so forth, all the way to Noah. But Genesis 2.4 says, these are the generations of heaven and earth when they were created. And it comes last. It comes at the very end, Genesis 1, all the way through Genesis 2, uh, 2, 4, where this verse is, it gives the generations of the creation of, of the heavens and the earth, then makes the statement, these are the generations. And that's one of the things I was looking for. Does it come first or does it come last? This statement, these are the generations of Noah. Is it explaining what just happened? Genesis 6, 1 through 8? Or is it is it starting something and is it explaining what comes next? Yeah. He begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
And I kind of came to the wishy-washy conclusion that it means both. Right. It, it both reflects exactly what you were talking about, but there's also a, a these are his sons and these are the generations coming next. Uh, so I want to focus on that first part, though. That makes a lot of sense, though, because it's kind of the ending of one um, cycle of humans and the beginning of another. So yeah, it could be the you're exactly right. It is placed there for uh, to explain that this is what happened up to this point, and then going forward, it'll be these mm-hmm. children. And and as we know uh, from from previous verses, Noah at this point is 500 years old. Right. So, and we saw basically how often people were giving birth to their first child. Mm -hmm. People were generally somewhere between like 60 to 120 and then they had their first child. Now that doesn't necessarily mean every person on earth. This is just the the lineage of Adam all the way through Noah, but that gives us a general idea about... You kind of make an assumption. How that was going on throughout the earth, yeah. And so if by putting it that way, let's average it out and say, you know, a hundred years uh, before you get you know, had your first child. So you can say Noah was on the earth for five generations, if you think of it that way. Right. So um, here's a, a couple things I want to point out to kind of lead down that road. I think this is talking about these are the generations of Noah is concluding it's like it, it's a sum up of Genesis 6 1 through 8 uh, the sons of Elohim come down they they find the daughters of men attractive they take them wives uh, God says uh, you know this is I can't do this man is running away from me the the Nephilim uh, are birthed from this union and they are creating havoc and panic and the and wickedness of men's hearts was was just rampant and uh, it, it grieves God and these are the generations of Noah. I think that's the statement. It's saying it's taking this whole story we've had to this point and then making uh, that sum up. This is what Noah lived in, and I think that also kind of leads to just the point of we've made before about how uh, Yeshua, Jesus, said, like the days of Noah, so shall the end be. Yeah. Uh, All of that, all of that that was being summed up in Genesis 6, 1 through 8, these are the generations of Noah. This, this, these are the generations that was happening when he was here on the earth. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, in a way, you could almost say these are the days of Noah. Yeah. And that's exactly what... Yes. Yes. Um, So, now, this word generations. Now, first of all, it's used twice. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was, in his generations, a man righteous and wholehearted. Now, there's some discrepancy as to what the second word is. Uh, Both Bible Hub... And Strong's Concordance both agree that the first usage we've come across before. It's Tolada. And it is Strong's Concordance number 8435. Tolada. And this is 
again, it's a plural usage only. There's no singular to this. And it can mean, well, it means a descent. If you remember, in other words, family history, generation. So descent, it's like there's Adam and then Shaith, and, and it's that descent. It's here's the whole family history. It's here's the whole line, the lineage down. Right. Now, the second use of generations, Strong's Concordance says it's the same word, toledah. Bible Hub says, no, it's not. Uh, it says that second use is Strong's Concordance number 1755. It's pronounced door. And it means a revolution of time. In other words, an age or a generation. It can also mean a dwelling, which is kind of neat and can come into play, but I'm not going to focus on that one right now. I just wanted to throw it out there for you to know. But now this struck me as kind of interesting because if you take that as this has, uh, uh, this is these are the generations Noah was living in, they both kind of, hit the same uh, the same body, the same uh, space of time, so to speak, but from two different perspectives. The first one is like the material of it. Here's the order of events. Here's what was going on in it. The second usage is just sort of, here's the body of time that it took to do that. Right. Uh, but they're both referring to the same space of time, so to speak. Uh, the same body of work, just from two different directions. Yeah, it's almost like a physical and a spiritual in a way. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So in the first usage, tolada, it's kind of like saying, these are the events that uh, happened in order to get to this point. Uh, These are the events that Noah was living through. The second usage is sort of saying, this is the time Noah was living in. Right, if you want to think of it that way. And it was it was the word was pronounced door like a like a front door like door yeah now now it pronounces it, it, it in the the spelling the phonetic spelling it says d o r e door right. but uh, but yes it's pronounced just like yeah, I'm gonna walk through my my front door of my house right I I mean there's probably no connection there other than just in English you know we we think of a door and what that means and we know that Jesus is the door we know that the door of the ark will be closed like all that kind of stuff yeah. there may be no connection there whatsoever I just find that interesting that sometimes the way we say things in English from a Hebrew word can also uh-huh. still have something there yeah you know I think God knew that yeah. I think God knew it would sound like that in English one day I think there are words that we're speaking in English I think there are words that we're speaking in Hebrew that means something in Spanish or Japanese or Swahili or what have you, that they're having the same reaction. Oh my goodness. Right. I see a connection there that we're missing. Right. We have no idea. Um, yeah. I, I, and I think God is going, I knew it was there. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> yeah. But now the first word, uh, tolada. Now it's, uh, both of these words can be spelled two different ways, which is kind of neat. Both of them have a vav that can be inserted into the word. Now, we've done this before with tolada. Uh, I came up with, uh, behold, the covenant controls the pathway. 
or behold, the covenant marked with a nail controls the pathway just for generations. And we kind of mentioned way back when that it was talking about the generations, the time period, that the events that were happening was kind of like God was showing his plan through it, his plan of salvation. At the time, we kind of mentioned it as this word picture kind of referring to that. But the neat thing I found in the second one, uh, and it's Dalet Resh, or it's Dalet Vav Resh. And one of the possible interpretations I came up with uh, for uh, generations in this sense, which uh, also means a revolution of time or an age, was the highest pathway, or if you want to put it in modern vernacular, the high road. So it's like God was saying, in my generations, I take the high road. Yeah. Yeah. In my age, you know, in this time period, I'm always taking the high road. But as a part of that, another way to interpret this is the way of life of Yeshua's nails. And I thought that, well, first of all, that's, it says these are the days of Noah, and this is the time he lived in. It was the high road is living a life of Yeshua's nails. That, that, that flies in the face of a lot of religious attitudes that say, no, we should live uh, untouched and perfect. And, and, and no, we are to take up our cross and follow him. We are to live a life that reveals his nails. In other words, reveals the, 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 the tremendous love he had for us that, that valued not his own life, even over ours. He wanted us so much, he gave us his life. He died for us, and he's asking us to do the same for him. We have to remember those nails are the cure, mm -hmm. and when we don't even realize we're sick, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna want the cure. Yeah. Uh, and so that I think that's you're exactly right. A lot of people saying that we should live untouched lives, well, they're never gonna understand that they're sick and they're yeah. in need of a cure. And those and the only cure is Yeshua and in this specific case it's these nails. Yeah. I mean that's why he had to come. Yeah. He's the only one that could. <laughs> so now that was just talking about generations. I want to get into righteous and wholehearted, which the King James Version and the Bible Hub both have their own interpretations, which we'll get into in a second, which were all pretty cool. I, and I'm going to show you the combinations here. Uh, so I, I appreciated this. Now, righteous in was the same in the Hebraic Roots Version and Bible Hub. But the King James Version translated it as just. So Noah was a just man. Now, Strong's Concordance, this is number 6662, Sadiq. And it can mean righteous or just, but it can also mean lawful. And Interesting. the thing that really struck me with this is the fact that the law had not been given yet. Mm -hmm. And Noah, the, the, a correct interpretation here can be Noah was lawful. So he was abiding by the law. He was following the law of God. 
Now, how did he do that without knowing what the law is? Or did he? Essentially, and this is, this is kind of a side note here, but the law that was given, that we think of as uh, Ten Commandments, the law of Moses coming down from Mount Sinai, the law of God. We got to remember the Torah that people refer to as the law of God. The Torah starts with Genesis 1, 1, long before Moses existed. The whole thing is referred to as the law. The whole thing is referred to as the instructions of God. Long before we had Mount Sinai, long before we had the golden calf incident, long before we had all of that. So Moses is referred, not Moses, sorry, <laughs> Noah. Noah is referred to as righteous, just, lawful. He is abiding by God's law. And we don't even have a law yet. But we do. We have the law written in our hearts, the Bible says. We have, these people are closer to God than we were. Now it does, we did get past the part where it said man got to the point where he had to cry out to God. He had to call upon God. God wasn't just sort of there, just automatically with them at all times. But we know Enoch, after or Kanok in the Hebrew, uh, he just walked with God and... We have right here, uh, it says, Noah walked with Elohim. So he's understanding the law of God. He's righteous. Uh, the Bible says Abram, long before Moses, Abram was considered righteous or lawful. Why? Because he obeyed. This is that, and that's what it is. The law of God. God said, Abram, I want you to leave your land and I want you to follow me. And Abram said, okay. Mm -hmm. And he, that was counted to him as righteousness. Now, why, why lawful? Because God said, this is what I want you to do. And he did it. He essentially obeyed that law. He obeyed the instructions of God. That is what righteousness is. Right. So here we have Noah being called lawful, righteous, just. And that's kind of what I wanted to get at. Long before Mosaic law existed, people were lawful, people were righteous. The law was always there. That is just what we, we're going to get to that way later when we get into, <laughs> boy, years later at this point. But uh, uh, anyway, I just wanted to see that part right there. The law did not start with Moses. But Noah is a righteous man. I want you to remember that. Righteous. That, that's very important. Sadiq, the word picture here, just for righteous, lawful, is kind of cool on its own. We're just, we're just off on that word. Righteous, just, lawful. The, uh, an interpretation I came up with, a man in trouble goes through the door opened by the finished work and leading to the completion and the fullness of that work. So righteousness, lawful, is, is another picture of God saving us out of trouble, opening the doorway to following him, obeying him, right. going through the door, and leading us to the fullness of the work that he has done for us. So I just thought that was a pretty cool picture. Yeah, I like that one a lot. 
Now, wholehearted. This was kind of neat. Wholehearted in the Hebraic Roots version. The King James Version says perfect. Mm -hmm. The Bible Hub Version says blameless. And I really liked all of these. And I liked them in conjunction with each other. Uh, they come from Strong's Concordance, number 8549, Tamim. And what's fascinating, what I just gave you, wholehearted, perfect, blameless, that they got from this word, and the meaning is entire. <laughs> entire. Now, that can mean literally, figuratively, or morally, which is where we get these, you know, wholehearted, the entire heart, uh, perfect, uh, perfect in all of his ways. He had, he had the entirety. There's nothing lacking right there. You know, things like that. As a noun, this word, tamim, can mean integrity or truth. Now, it can also mean, because of this, can mean without blemish, complete, full, undefiled, or some other interpretations. Uh, real quick, before moving on with that thought, uh, I, I kind of want to give the word picture uh, and then move on because I got somewhere else I'm going with this, but I don't want to ignore the word picture. Tav mem yod mem. So what I came up with is mighty covenant, mighty deed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. This, and this is for perfect, wholehearted, you know, uh, entire. That makes me think of the Revelation study where the mighty deed that will celebrate forever and ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's pretty cool. Uh -huh. I like that. And I did. I liked the fact that it was a mighty covenant that required a mighty deed uh, to, 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 perf to perfect it, make it whole again. Mm -hmm. uh, the renewed covenant from the original covenant, all of that kind of thing. But now I want to ask you something. We have Noach. Uh, was, in his, was in his generations a man righteous, just, wholehearted, perfect, uh, blameless, uh, mighty covenant, mighty deed, uh, all of these types of things. If I didn't use the word Noah, who would you think I was describing? If, you, if we weren't talking about Noah, I would say Jesus. Jesus, yeah, right? Yeshua. Yeah, we're talking about Yeshua. Uh, uh, Noah walked with Elohim. You know, Yeshua, right? Walked, yeah. Now, the word man goes back to ish. The word man here, we've talked about this before. Do you remember that word? Adam is the word that most often is used right. in, in all of Genesis. Well, up to this point, most often used, and it means common folk. You know, it means, it, it can even mean... Uh, uh, not blasphemer, uh, uh, hypocrite. Hypocrite. Hip can mean hypocrite. And, and then we came across the words where, uh, and a man shall leave his father and his mother. Mm -hmm. And it suddenly turned to this word ish. And we're like, why? Do you remember that? Is this, the, is this the more mighty, mighty man? man? Yeah. Worthy. And we talked about how that was Jesus. That was prophetic of Jesus coming to earth, leaving his father and his mother, taking us as his bride. Uh, leaving his place, we go back to Ish right here. 
Interesting. This is prophetic of Jesus. Mm -hmm. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was in his generations a man, a worthy man, a mighty man, righteous and wholehearted, just, perfect, blameless, who walked with God. This is a picture of of Jesus in this time. Yeah. So, and I don't believe, and I believe when we go back and see, I believe this is a picture of, we can see Jesus coming to earth, dying on the cross, all of that story in here. Mm -hmm. But because of Jesus's own words, so it will be, you know, it, it will be in the end days, just like it was in the days of Noah. I believe there's something hidden in here too. That in the last days, with all the evil corruption going on, Jesus is still in here. Jesus is still perfect. Jesus is still righteous. Yeshua is still blameless. Yeshua is perfect. And Yeshua is in the middle of all of this. And in the last days, he is going to be glorified like I, I believe like the world has never seen. Not just from this verse, but I believe this uh, this verse is, is showing something I hadn't seen before, but there's a connection there. Uh, and it's just making it more real to me, uh, those thoughts I was talking about. I believe that when darkness strikes, when all the evil and the horrors that Satan can throw at us really come out, that light is going to shine that much more abundantly. Oh, yeah. And I believe this is part of that. Oh, yeah. This is what it's showing us. That Noah right here is a representative of Jesus in his time. And he is he is going to stand. He's not going to fall. Nothing takes him down. And in the end, he is going to uh, keep us safe in his ark yep. and take us away out of all of this. Yep. Now, I don't even mean with the rapture. I don't, that's not even what I'm talking about here. I just mean... You know, for every, for every martyr, for everyone who dies, you're safe, you're mine, you're protected, and and I think that's a part of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing here that can if if we're if we're saved by Jesus, there's nothing here that matters that can hurt us. Yeah, uh, we are protected, whether it's the rapture or whether it's just uh, you're martyred or if you just go to your deathbed at an old good old age. I mean, you are mm -hmm. you are protected. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. So I was just shocked to see that, and be, now I want to I want to go back uh, with Ish on a few other things too, but at this point I suddenly realized I hadn't been paying attention to that word in a long time, and I saw it here. It popped out at me. Ish is used again instead of Adam, and it jumped out at me right here. And it occurred to me, have I missed it before? And I found a couple other places I want to go back to real quick. Oh. But but first of all, because of this, I was looking at Ish again, um, Aleph Yod Shin. And I looked at the, the word picture we had last time was the gentle arm destroys. And we were talking about how at that time, uh, it, it, was, it was nice, a gentle arm destroys the sin in our lives and, and, and things like that. You know, it's not God wreaking havoc and punishing us and beating us. It's right. very gentle. 
it's very it's very calming to us very peaceful like a doctor uh, working you know uh, working on us calmly but removing that disease that sickness right. destroying what's harming us a father's hand can be both firm but can also be placed on your shoulder and you feel comfort mm -hmm. it's, yeah so but another thing I came up with right here which was kind of cool to me was another word picture was Adonai finished his work on his mountain. Oh. And that got me thinking of pictures in terms of this and Noah right. and finishing his work and resting on the mountain with the ark and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but it also just got me thinking of, you know, this picture of Yeshua coming back, uh, placing his foot on the mountain and you know in the, as the bible describes in his last days yeah. and say we're done we are done uh and and just taking over finishing it all um but uh i'm gonna do you have anything to say about that <laughs> just just it's exciting because you know we're seeing evidence right now in in, in reality going on outside of these studies in the world world we're seeing evidence of prophecy of things happening of uh, of things escalating and it's just we know this is going to happen we know these these things and so it's just it is exciting i mean i know we still have stuff to go through but it mm -hmm. is exciting knowing that yes he will come he will place his foot down enough yep it, enough it will truly that, yeah it will truly be it is finished at that point uh-huh you know, just, wow. I know, it's exciting. I like it. So now a couple other places. So when I realized this, I, I, like I said, I had the thought, have I missed Ish elsewhere? Have, have I not been paying attention? So I went back and I checked out. There are two places that Ish has shown up again that I think do speak of Jesus, do speak of Yeshua uh, again at, at these moments in these verses. And the first one was Genesis 4.1. And the man knew Havah, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have gotten a man with the help of Yahweh. So it says, and Adam knew Havah, his wife. She conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have gotten Ish with the help of Yahweh. And it is. she, uh, The woman... Mankind, so to speak, got Yeshua with the help of Yahweh. Right. Yeah, and I think there's a statement right there uh, of the salvation. And then again, it goes back to, we talked about discussing those verses. I believe Cain was meant to be a picture of Yeshua. Right. And this just reinforces that to me. You see both realities right there. But I uh -huh. love that phrase. We got Yeshua Mm -hmm. because of the help of Yahweh. Yeah, wow. so it was his grace saving us and loving us and saying, I don't want you to be lost. I'm sending you a redeemer. And here was a prophetic picture of that. And just her statement, I've gotten Ish, a worthy man, a mighty man, with the help of Yahweh. And wow. it's such a beautiful statement that she made that I, I didn't see that the first time. I was just seeing this grateful mother holding her child saying, thank you for this baby. Now I'm seeing it as a prophecy. Thank you 
for, for the Messiah, you know? But the second one, just, it, it hurt. It, it was one of those that you, you'll see it when I say it here. Now, we did the, uh, we did the lineage of Cayenne. For those of you who remember, have, have gone through all of these, and you can go back and check it out. And we talked about how I believe uh, at least one of the interpretations, at least one of the things you can pull out of this, by no means all that you can pull out of this, but Cayenne's lineage also refers to a descent into sin, leading to the very Antichrist, leading to, the, to a place where you're initially dipping your foot in, checking it out, wanting this initiation, going in and saying, all right, that, that looks good to me. Let's try this. Let's go further and further until you get to a point where you are totally at war with God. You're drawing others to you. You're just completely uh, against him in every way. And the very last person in that lineage was a man named Lamech. And Lamech said unto his wives, Adah and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain Ish for wounding me. Is this a picture of slaying the Messiah, of the evil one killing the Son of God for wounding him. Yeah. Wow. And that hurt. <laughs> when I first read that and first realized what it was talking about there in, the, in that prophetic sense. And it said, because... We spoke about at that time. Lamech made this statement, and we we're like, we didn't know the Why? story. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't know the real story of what was going on. He killed these men. You know, was it a bar fight gone bad? Was it, you know, right. what what happened? Did they try to steal from him? Was you know what what was happening? And I kind of wondered why this was thrown in, even. You know what what did these verses really mean? What, you know, is it just, I mean, it's show, it showed me the heart of Lamech and, and his haughty spirit and his selfishness and uh, I'm going to get away with anything I want and no one's allowed to touch me. I can do whatever. But throwing this in, it's like, oh, I know why this is here. It, it, yeah. It just felt so real to me that we got to this evil lineage to the point where I'm standing at war with God and he kills the Son of God. He kills the mighty man. He kills the worthy man for wounding him. Wow. And it's so it's so easy to see ourselves as uh, you know wanting to be Noah like or Moses like, but we are the Lamechs. We are yeah. You know, we killed our Savior. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very much so. Huh. And it's important to see both. I think for Brad and I, uh, I, I totally agree. It's, it's easier for sometimes for us to see ourselves as Noah. And, I want to be David. And, and be, David, you know, not Lamech, not Goliath. No. You know? But I think for some people in the world, in some of the places you are and have been, 
I think it might be easier for you to see yourself as Lamech. Mm-hmm. I think it might be easier for yourself to see see you as the antagonist, the, the one who hated God all of his life. And so for you, it's important to remember that, you know, hey, you're the positive side too. All of this speaks to you. Right. Um, but for some like me and, and Brad, we need God to sometimes tell us, hey, you were the evil one in this picture as well. And you need to remember that. You need to keep that humility on. And you're not all that. You, you need re- redemption. You have to remember you're sick. Yeah. You have to remember you're sick so you seek the cure. I mean, it's just... Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where I heard that, but that's just... It's so true. You have to remember you're sick or you don't seek the cure. And uh, no, it's true. I mean, it's, it's verses like that. It's easy for me to... Uh, to look at my relationship with God and, and and have a little bit of pride that I went from this to this to this, but I still was Lamech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still am Lamech sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, anytime that I'm in, in defiance to God, I'm putting on the wrong spirit. Yeah. You know, even in little things, I'm putting on the wrong spirit. So we cannot lose focused no one is good but god yeah we are all and that's the thing too that means we're also all in this together yeah <laughs> you know that's the thing that um that i didn't realize for a long time it, it's very easy for us to all think that we're the only one that have ever had these thoughts we're the only one that have that's ever uh felt this way we're the only one no mm-hmm. we're not Somewhere out there, someone has been in an exact position that you have been in. And yeah. it's only when we can be honest with ourselves and, and be truthful that that we'll see that and we can help each other. We can minister to each other. Wow, that was... Well, you gave me goosebumps anyway. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it for that one. Like I said, it's... Well, we're, we're already going about 50 minutes on this, mm-hmm. and we, we did get under an hour, which we're usually over an hour lately, so we, we are shorter, but yeah, I kind of thought this was going to be closer to about 30 minutes. So, uh, I'm any last thoughts before I wrap it up? I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything I missed, anything I wanted to say, because as always, you know, I come back, you know, 10 minutes after we're done recording and go, oh, I forgot I was going to, you know, so I always try to remember, but, you know, again... We're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the only thought that I didn't get out that I haven't already expressed uh, earlier, you mentioned about how uh, Jesus will come back and and, and he'll, the mighty deed and, and it'll be finished and all that kind of stuff. And, and at the time, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, we know, we know that God can bring good from evil. And so I just, I'm seeing a lot of evil in the world right now. Yeah. And sometimes it does feel, you know, feel, you feel that pressure uh, that we talked about in, when we were studying tribulation. You feel that pressure, you feel the weight, you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. But no matter how bad it gets, God will bring good from it. But not only that, I'm starting to think that God will bring 70 times, you know, 7 yeah. times 70 uh-huh. uh, good out of these bad situations. I think mm-hmm. it'll be a good that we just... We just don't have any way of understanding right now uh, just how good it will be. Mm-hmm. So no matter how bad it might seem or how bad it gets or how dark 
it's it's going to be the light will be brighter the light will shine stronger and it, the good will be so much more than the bad ever was yeah it is very difficult to see um i don't know how many of you have seen the movie uh forrest gump but um there, there's a Lieutenant Dan, the character in that one, he's lost his legs in the war yeah. and he's complaining to Forrest about how a preacher's telling him that one day he can walk in heaven. And he's like, preacher telling me, because he's got no legs, he's like, him telling me I can walk in into heaven. You know, there's just this upsetness and this anger. And I'm sitting there watching that going, yeah, he was right. You know, you know, he was right. You know, if only you could see what I see, the understanding, you'll have a glorified body that you'll not just be able to walk or run, you'll be able to fly. You'll be able to, this is, it's so much more than what you, that character in the, the movie, Lieutenant Dan, it's so much more than you can see at this time because all you're focused, focused on is this reality that I have no legs right now. So how am I going to be able to walk? We so easily look at our situations. Mm -hmm. We so easily look at the deception that the world is throwing on us. And we just don't see how anything good can come out of this ever. Yeah. And we don't recognize just the incredible goodness, the incredible glory, the incredible perfection of God and, and his word and what's going to come. And yeah, I, I very much... I, agree with you and I appreciate that sentiment as we need we need to keep our eyes focused on him as much as possible mm -hmm. it is so important because the more we keep our vision focused on the fact that we have no legs we're not going to be able to see any good that can come out of this yep yep and then it just it just amazes me the thought that no matter how much my imagination will show me the goodness of heaven and how beautiful and wonderful it's going to be. It's still going to be a, a very poor example of what it actually is. And mm -hmm. just, just that thought encourages me and, 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 and does help me. So yeah, focus, focus not on the things of here, focus on spiritual things, focus on God. And I think that will keep us in a better place when we are in these darker times coming. Well, I think that's a good, point to wrap it up it's a good sentiment to end on uh so as always this has been scott and this has been brad and this is not about us